got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Muscara, Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nothing okay. spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game right. winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. Right. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Friday, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher with you. And it is Southern Conference quarterfinal action for the men, 2.30. And, of course, we'll break down that game. We're going to have a chat with Patrick Good. Bold predictions for the Southern Conference tournament. But yesterday we did see the end to one season, at least, the ETSU women's basketball program, tough loss against Wofford. And something that – and it shows you what I know. I thought if ETSU could be tighter with the lead, right? Remember yesterday's show, I was so – Bent on if ETSU could get that, I thought the depth and everything would wear out. What I didn't factor in, Mike Gallagher, was the ridiculous shooting of Wofford in the second half. And, boy, they did uh, put on a shooting display. Yeah, absolutely. And they're known for that. I mean, they led the conference in three-point shooting by a full 4% this year, 37% from the floor in conference play. So we know that they can stroke it. Deja Green, four of six from outside. Chloe Wanick, two of six. They shoot 50% as a team from deep. They hit their free throws, 71% right about where they were on the year. Uh, they did lots of things very, very well. So Brittany Azell postgame basically said, you know, sometimes you're just not the better team. And Chloe Wanick, Deja Green, Jamari McDavid, Cairo Booker, I mean, they have some very, very good players. It's a tough one to swallow because Micah Sheets had a career high, you know, 23 points, and Brittany Snowden did her thing. Erica Haynes-Overton got to 14, eight rebounds, three assists. Did struggle, I thought, three of 13 in the first half. Took 10 of the Bucks' first 19 shots. She was very aggressive, which is not what she's been in the first half in conference play when the Bucks have been better. So I think maybe her stepping a bit outside of her lane in conference play and also picking up that third foul in the third quarter and having to sit most of it when she's been at her best really hurt I really thought the other thing was the you know Alexa Spears is just a scoring machine she had a couple of shots mm. right that just kind of hung or spun around and didn't go down and, and I thought that kind of hurt too because ETSU and and I sat behind you so I was able to kind of chat with you a little bit here and there between breaks and we both kind of felt like ETSU dominated the first half enough should have been up more just you know give either buckets didn't go down it just felt like it was an ETSU owned half in the second half what shocked me was that Wofford was able to do to ETSU normally what ETSU does to teams force 15 turnovers 26 points off those turnovers which is more than they've had and I think in the other two games combined just in the second half and I think that really uh, did ETSU in besides the hot shooting of Wofford. I mean there's a couple things that I think we talked about on the show and also on different broadcasts throughout the year and even the coaches show on Monday when I was joined by head coach Brittany Azell. Turnovers. ETSU had turned it over more than 20 times in conference play just once. Turned it over 23 times and 31 points off those turnovers. A massive swing of the game. The Bucks were defending the perimeter spectacularly. 22 of the last 106 threes that opponents launched had gone in. That's 20%, but Wofford shoots 9 of 18. So there were a few ways that ETSU was equalizing the playing field that they just weren't able to do against Wofford. And they got to 40% again for the 13th time in 15 games in 2019. That being said... Uh, pardon me, they did not get to that number, 36%. So, again, shooting, obviously, that's always going to be something that if you can't hit it at 40%, uh, definitely for ETSU with 12 of 14 this year, getting there now 12 of 15. The turnovers and points off for Wofford and then defending the arc. Everything ETSU had done well to get to the number three seed, they didn't do as well as they had during that streak. I, I kind of felt like, too, there was a huge turn. The ETSU went down 10 in the fourth quarter. 
came right back, got it to a four-point game, had mm. the ball, had a golden opportunity to score, didn't. Wofford came down and hit sort of a dagger three that kind of took the, the wind out of the sails. Then ETSU turnover, quick bucket, all of a sudden it's back up to nine, and then Wofford went on from there. I agree. It was Brittany Snowden at the line to make it a three-point game, misses the free throw, and then five quick ones. And all of a sudden it's back to nine. And really – I think the difference between ETSU and how game flow went during the non-conference to the conference season was in the non-conference, they fell behind a lot and went into the fourth quarter or final 15 minutes or final few minutes down by X amount of points. Like they had battled back into the game. No quitting this team, right? But by the time they got within four, six, eight, ten, whatever the number was, they had already used all their gas, all their energy was expended to get back into the game, and they didn't have what was needed to get over the hump and take the lead. And it was going to be either that ETSU that showed up late in this game or it was going to be the ETSU that stormed from behind against Wofford twice. And unfortunately, third time that comeback was not coming. It was much more the ETSU team we saw in the non-conference that petered out towards the end. Yeah, I just – God, there's so much going on, I think – you know, the way they defended Cloney Wanick early and, oh, and really kept phenomenal. her at bay. And the start of the third quarter, you just kind of felt like it was the four-point play. Then it was the awkward three-point play where a ball was like literally thrown off top of the backboard and dropped. I yeah. think everyone in the stands kind of looked uh, at Cairo Booker was laughing about it. I oh, mean, she was at the goodness. line just, I don't remember know how that went in. Oh, I don't – it's one of those where you kind of just – I remember I slammed the, the, the water bottle into the chair next to me going, how in the world did that go in? Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things, and you just kind of felt the momentum going. And just uh, one of those years for ETSU women's basketball. They'll, you know, they'll lose a couple key pieces. Get a lot of pieces coming back, though, to be honest with you. I thought it was good to see how Micah Sheets kind of ended the year. I thought Kaya Upton really improved her yeah. game the second half of the season. So I think there's a lot of things to look forward to with a lot of – Again, pieces coming back. You lose a lot of your post depth. You know, Sadasia Tips was fourth in the league in blocks. Lexi Spears, we know, was kind of that microwave Vinnie Johnson type. Not the same type of player, but someone that could come in off the bench and put up a ton of points in a short period of time. Brittany Snowden, of course, speaks for herself over this second half of conference play. And Raven Dean may be the most recognizable name of them all. She's been on the floor so much for ETSU over her four years. But... Your top two scorers are back. Erica Haynes-Overton can do it all, obviously. She ends the year 42 points shy of 1,000 for a career. Over 200 steals in her career. She's more than halfway to breaking the SoCon record. Micah Sheets, as you mentioned, uh, a career high in the postseason, but also reached her career high coming into the year of 19 four different times during the conference year. So she's continuing to evolve. And then Kaya Upton, you're absolutely right. Uh, all freshman team can do a ton of different stuff. And the others that will be back, Carly Litton's a good shooter. Jada Craig, again, injured this year, but will likely be the starting or backup point guard coming next year, put in significant minutes. Uh, Shania Jackson got in some during the uh, postseason. Tasia Murphy hopefully doesn't have to deal with what she did in that hip injury this year. Amaya Adams put in some valuable minutes. More of a three, but played some point guard as well. And Ajay Stephanie is going to be back after taking that tough elbow. She played yesterday some. And finally, Elise Stafford. So there are lots back. 10 of 14 on the roster, including your top two scorers. I think the backcourt's going to be very strong. Brittany Azell just has to go out and find some to replace the four seniors down low. Yeah, and, and I think that'll happen. I thought it was interesting post-game comments that uh, that she mentioned how much you know her affection for Brittany Snowden was yeah. actually going to be with him as a graduate yeah. assistant next year to awesome. kind of help there. So I thought that was good as well. And so unfortunately for ETSU women's basketball, it wraps it up for them. This year, when we come back, we'll talk about the men's quarterfinal game against my favorite opponent, the Chattanooga Mox. Patrick, get a little later. Bold predictions for the Southern Conference Tournament, all coming up on Santos and Sidekick. This is the Buccaneer Sports Network. It's funny how things can multiply, like cold weather. One minute, a few snowflakes fall. The next, you need a snowblower just to find your feet. Or tardiness. Run two minutes late in the morning, and you're a half hour late to work. Come on. But good things come from multiplying, too, like the new Multiplier Instant Games, which give you a chance to multiply your winnings. So go ahead, enjoy the good kind of multiplying today with the new Multiplier Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed Bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. 
Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Food City is excited for another thrilling basketball season with the ETSU Buccaneers. Even when slicing up the finest cuts of beef, selecting the freshest produce, or preparing the sweetest baked goods, we live and breathe navy and gold. So go get them, Bucks. On your quest for a Southern Conference championship and beyond, Food City is with you every step of the way. Food City, official supermarket of ETSU Athletics. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Sanderson, the sidekick, back with you. Segment two on this Friday as we get you set for the men's side of things. ETSU taking on the arch nemesis, my favorite battle, the Chattanooga Mocs, just like last year in the quarterfinals, in which OPTSU has the same result. I feel like they will. I just feel like right now Chattanooga not necessarily the best matchup for ETSU. Then, of course, VTSU to get by there, and assuming the number one seed, Wofford Terriers, do what they've done all year, sets up an epic Semifinal battle, and then it should be fun championship game, assuming that UNCG and Furman are in that semis. I think could be some of the best semifinal and final action in all of college basketball, not just mid-major college basketball, but one thing at a time. Matt Gallagher, Chattanooga is up first Saturday, 2-15, What is it? 2-30. 2-30. 2 o'clock. Shouldn't be too much of an issue, I don't think, for the Bucks. Uh They've owned this rivalry for the better part of the last few years. Um, and the first couple matchups were really no different. ETSU did need a bit of a big second half in the second matchup to come back and win, being down three at the half, scoring 47 in the second half. But they had a huge first half at Freedom Hall when the teams met the first time. 52 points were up by 18. Uh, got 15 points from Bo Hodges, 19 from Trey Boyd. Just a, another balanced effort. We've talked about it all year. Six players with 50 assists or more. And in terms of sharing the basketball, four in double figures between 10 and 12 points. There's really nothing that this team can't do when they've got contributions from three or four different guys in a certain night like they did uh, when they got uh, that big win over Chattanooga in that 26-point uh, victory back on January 5th, you know, four in double figures. And uh, they also had two that were knocking on the door, Kavon Tucker and Milad Narmus. This is such a deep team, and Chattanooga – They've really taken steps back, it appears to me. I wasn't here when Chattanooga was in their heyday of men's basketball, uh, but really, to me, all you have to really watch out for is Kevin Easley, and he's a heck of a player, and there's no doubt, but when you're relying on a freshman going into the postseason, and he's the freshman of the year, he's all-freshman team, and doesn't have much support, that's putting a lot on a young man's shoulders, and it's not a stage that most freshmen usually excel. No, and I, I think the, the the other player that gives you a little bit of pause, and it's only because he might lead the league in trash being talked, which is Donovan Totley, and he tries to get you out of your game. I could certainly see tournament situation. We've seen tempers a little higher. Last year, ETSU actually got a technical foul in the quarters and the semis. 
Um, uh, and then magically somehow, and I say that's what cost them the championship. They didn't go ahead and make it a trifecta and get the technical foul in the championship game versus UNCG. But I could see totally with a little bit of trouble, maybe trying to get under ETSU's skin. He's got nothing to lose as a freshman. But, you know, really some of the pieces they added that I thought may give ETSU trouble. They got Ramon Villa, the transfer from Appalachian State. They got an, another seven-footer in Thomas Smallwood from UAB. But he's more of a three-point guy stretch, uh, you know, four, five, whatever, stretch five, I guess. And I thought that's where ETSU's been given trouble. But at least against – Chattanooga this season that has not been an issue and I know uh, it was really an easy victory for ETSU at home Bucks actually trailed by three going in the locker room at Chattanooga but as the game kept going ETSU just kept stretching it out as the Bucks shot an incredible almost 60% from the floor in the second half and five of ten and for a lot of that uh, especially early on was Lucas Casson had 14 points career high he was six of seven and he had some difficult shots that wasn't you know, a lot of drive kick and him getting some some pretty good looks. He actually hit three or four shots where where Villa and Smallwood both kind of turned to the bench and their head coach Lamont Paris and shook their heads like I I don't think I can play any better defense without fouling him. Like that's about as good as I can do, and he's just hitting shots and that's sort of how that was. And that was the the emergence of where we finally saw I think Bo Hodges feeling about as good as he did he had at that time a career high nine rebounds he's since had a double double so he's extended uh what is his career total for rebounds but he had 13 points nine rebounds five assists three steals and a block shot and now all of a sudden since that was the first game he had a stat line like that and then he's taken off since there so i think um you know it's a tough matchup for chattanooga with hodges you know, Patrick, good both games, wasn't necessarily uh, a killer. He had 13 in the first one. I'm sorry, he had seven in the first one, 13 in the second one. But just a situation really where as it's coming down stretch, I know you're going to talk to him next segment and we'll get sort of a, a feel for his season, congratulate him on his all-conference and how he's feeling going in the tournament. But certainly where he has uh, uh, had some injuries and has sloughed off a little bit at the end of the year. Bo Hodges, now that he's healthy, I think you talked about it in yesterday's show, he's really kind of picked up that slack and starting to get downhill. So I like the matchup, I think, just favors ETSU. It's a really good matchup. I know when we were kind of speculating, uh, me and you kind of on this podcast and me and Kevin Brown off the podcast, that we felt like Chattanooga-Mercer would be the best quarterfinal matchup and the Bucks have that in Chattanooga now they still got to go out you can't look ahead and say oh well what will we do because Wofford plays the game before obviously at noon so you'll know who your opponent's going to be if you win before you do that I think everyone has pure confidence that Wofford's going to be that team so can you focus enough to get past Chattanooga before you worry about that semifinal matchup I'm not sure even if ETSU doesn't slip up in their focus that Chattanooga will have a whole lot for them quite honestly because five of their seven wins came in the first seven games of the Southern Conference year, and they've lost nine of their last 11. There are only two wins in that time, a one-point win at VMI. And I'm not saying ETSU has been perfect against VMI over the last couple of years. Certainly they've had their struggles at times as well against the Kedets, but 71-70 to over VMI, and then a 68-65 to win over Citadel. Both road wins, but you just have to get more results than that to build momentum towards the tournament. Every game against the top four this year, Chattanooga has lost by double digits. And once again, nine of their last 11, they have lost, including a 26 point loss to number 24 Wofford and a 21 point loss to Furman as their last two games. So they're not playing good basketball at the moment either. And really all of their wins have not been against teams in the echelon of ETSU. Well, and I think the one thing ETSU's done a good job is sort of keeping Kevin Easley at bay. He's uh, in both games. He was five for thirteen from the floor, uh, so ten for twenty-six overall, four for twelve from three, and so I I kind of feel like they they've done a good job of slowing him down. Now, I think the only way Chattanooga gives ETSU fits is if he does have a day where he goes eight of thirteen or nine of thirteen, nine of twelve, something like that, adds a little pressure. But I, you know, ETSU they they love playing in that building over in Asheville you know as uh, coach calls it Johnson City South and uh, there's obviously a home court advantage that ETSU does like to enjoy and I think that'll give them enough I think ETSU will win the game I think they just need to just take care of business so just don't worry about everything going on and ETSU's played Chattanooga a lot uh, since rejoined Southern Conference in 
this tournament. I think three or four years uh, under Steve Forbes, and I want to say they played him one time under Murray Bartow as well. So out of six years, I think they've played you know four four times. So uh, that being said, I think ETSU wins that game, and then it sets up uh, ho- hopefully two epic semifinals. I mean, in all honesty, I think it'd be great for the league if uh, UNCG and Furman play in the other semifinal, ETSU Wofford in the first semifinal, all eyes on the Southern Conference, and then you just hopefully have an ETSU versus whoever wants to come out of the other side championship game on Monday night, uh, you know, on ESPN at 7 p.m. Yeah, I certainly think that this game will go a lot like the one did last year in the first round of the tournament. Uh, It was a pretty simple afternoon for the Bucs, winning by – 18, and you had Jalen McLeod have 22. Of course, he's since graduated, but then DeSante Bradford had 14. Bo Hodges had 12. Peter Jerkin had 12. A lot of names from ETSU's past now at this point, but there are people that have filled those shoes, and I think ETSU fans may still remember the one time in the last few years where the Bucks in the postseason uh, did not get the better of Chattanooga on a big stage and in a big moment. Of course, that was the 2015-16 championship game where Chattanooga uh, did uh, did win and the Mox went on to a couple, couple technical fouls late killed ETSU yeah. Cromer and Forbes each picked up a, it's weird they, they picked up a technical and then ETSU still got it to four at one point um, and so I think it was maybe three four minutes to go Cromer and I will say this the frustration was ETSU had fouled five shooters beyond the arc jump mm. shot shooters wow. ETSU felt like they had been fouled. Cromer, it actually was a photo. Now, again, you know, there's no replay on that, but it was a photo where Cromer had a legitimate gripe. The guy had hit him squarely on the forearm during the shot, and, um, you know, he let it be known, let his emotions get to him. He picked up a tee. Next thing I know, Steve Forbes is past the half-court line. He gets a tee, and, you know, uh, four free throws later, and it, it got to, like, double digits. And I think ETSU got it to four, and it just wasn't enough to – to make up the ground, but still, um, they had their opportunities there, just like the, I think they had opportunities last year against UNCG, and uh, just didn't uh, make enough plays. So it's simple, you know, like just don't do what you did that game, right? Don't make silly mistakes. Don't get in your own way. If you're able to just play your game, execute the way you know how, move the basketball, work it inside, work it outside. I'm sure one of the Buck shooters, whether it be Patrick Good, who we're going to talk with in a couple minutes, Trey Boyd, um, somebody's going to be hitting their shots that day, and the Bucks just have an advantage down low as well, as they do against most teams. But Jerome Rodriguez, Milad Armas, Lucas Goussaint, uh, who knows even maybe a James Harrison, obviously Bo Hodges then off away. This team just has too many weapons. You have to defend every level against them, and it takes a really talented team to do so, and Chattanooga is not that talented team to me. I totally agree with you. I, I think Chattanooga made some strides, but let's be honest. I don't think anybody past the four teams worthy, right, or has it? A great opportunity, right? Yeah, so, uh, and I feel that way about in terms any of other a, game we'd be breaking. In down terms to. of a four-five, this is about as big of a gap between teams in terms of my thoughts, at least that I've seen. Like four-fives are usually you even see on the women's side, Wofford and ETSU split games in the regular season. From four to five, the drop-off is so big, in my opinion. Four to everything else <laughs> across the board. It's just the there's right now the haves and have-nots. Um, and I think the top four team are the halves, and the the bottom six teams of the rest of the men's side at least is trying to play catch up. And Chattanooga's made strides where they were, you know, in the and I want to say they were in the eight nine game last year. No, seven ten. They were in the seven ten game last year, and so now they've at least made strides. They're the fifth seed, right? So they've gotten better in two years of Moffitt, but they're not there yet, and and I think they know that too. Quickly, with the first matchup between the teams, plus 10 was ETSU points off turnovers, uh, plus three in second chance points, but uh, while not hitting the offensive glass uh, that often, they were plus 10 on the boards. Uh, points in the paint were 48 to 28, fast break 15 to two points off, or points off the bench, excuse me, 47 to 28. So it's really every aspect, it's every facet, and I expect more of the same. Yeah, and I really hate the fact that I'm not going to be able to do a Sunday show just uh you know get you kind of ready for Wofford but certainly uh we'll be back Monday and talk about that and then you can't hopefully preview Friday, the championship right, yeah. so I'm saying Friday you can't really talk about that but hopefully uh I want the four teams the top four teams to win Definitely. set up great semifinals Definitely. and go it starts with Chattanooga it is a two o'clock pregame show two thirty 
is the opening tip between ETSU and Chattanooga. When we come back, we're still talking men's basketball. Patrick Good stops by to talk with Mike Gallagher about several things uh, this season, all-conference tournament, and other things on the mind of Mike Gallagher and his world and his head spinning. I can already see. I don't know if Pat knows what he's getting into, although he's been a guest before. All right, then we'll be back. Bold predictions. I got a two. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to do two. Two are going to be wrong. I can guarantee you that. Worth lots of points. All right. That's what I'm going to make up. All right. Santa Sidekick, right over this on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated healthcare system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Wendy's has three new hamburgers on the new made-to-crave menu. The barbecue cheeseburger, the sauce and bacon cheeseburger, and the peppercorn mushroom melt. They've got so much swagger, they'll change the way you think about hamburgers and the way you ride through our drive-thru. Maybe you'll lean your seat back a little. Maybe a lot. Maybe you'll roll your windows down. Or maybe your window's broken because you punched through it to get your hamburger faster. Try the three new hamburgers on Wendy's new made-to-crave menu and download the Wendy's app for craveable deals today. At Wendy's, we got you. At participating Wendy's. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. General Shale is proud to support ETSU basketball and Southern Conference fans everywhere. Want to make the most of game day? Now you can design your dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you design custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from up to 10 building types. Design with over 50 of our most popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with your friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks. But we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Bright Ridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Bright Ridge, new name, renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. Sandos and the Sidekick back with you on a Friday. It is 24 hours, roughly, depending on when you're listening to the podcast, on SoundCloud.com to search Sandos and the Sidekick. You can also find us on iTunes about 24 hours before ETSU takes on Chattanooga first round of the Southern Conference Men's Basketball Tournament in Asheville. If you're not going, firstly, go. Make sure you're there. If you can't make it, listen to us on AM640 locally. Pre-game is at 2 o'clock. Tip 2.30. Great time to be joined once again by Patrick. Pat, thanks for coming back with us. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. It's, a, it's an honor. Well, it's an honor to have you, all-conference third team. When you found out, when you heard, I'm sure it was a phenomenal feeling. You talked about last time you were on with us, which was about two or three months ago, uh, just about how uh, incredible it was to be back home, be at ETSU, grew up coming to games, uh, have such a long and storied history in this program of just being around it as you have. Uh, and now to go all-conference, name will be etched in the record books forever. has to be an awesome feeling. It is. It's a blessing to uh, to be able to play 
obviously, um, without the coaches and my teammates, none of this would be possible. And obviously, the men above, and just my family, and just the support from the city and the school. Um, and then obviously, with Romy, Davian, and and Bo getting it as well, it's just. It's just like I said. It's just a blessing to be able to to share that honor with those guys and my teammates. They were all happy for for us, and um, ultimately, that's not the the main goal. Obviously, is to to win in SoCon, but it's just something that I'll be able to look back on in a, uh, in a few years and just realize um, the things that I accomplished in my college career. And let's be real. I mean, it's not easy to get your stats on this team because there are so many guys, which is a very good thing at the end of the day. But you managed to go out and have some incredible individual games while also kind of fitting a system that has had tremendous success this year. Talk about the depth on this team, what it's been like to be around so many other players that can do similar things skill set wise, but also similar things in terms of what they're good at on this team. Everybody, I feel like everybody on the team knows their role and tries to perfect it. Um, but like you said, with scoring, I mean, we have so many people who can score double digits and can score any given night. So if I need to score 35 one night or TB, TB, uh, Trey Boyd needs to score 25 a night or Romy double-double or whatever, we feel like uh, whatever our numbers call, we, uh, we answer. Because, I mean, obviously if I can score zero points and we still win, then it's a – a success. I don't really base that off of of how I play, but I just feel like um, we we really know our team team makeup, and we know the system, and we know what the coaches want. So we just gotta try to go out there and uh, perfect it as best as we can. But like you said, just being on a team that's so balanced, it makes it easy to to flow. We're not really reliable on one person scoring a night. So if that person doesn't score, we don't have a chance of, of winning. But um, just we just try to stick to the things that we do and just make plays for one another and just enjoy being there for one another. So many point guards on this team that you've had the chance to work with, and I wonder if you've become a little bit of a mentor in a sense to a guy like a Davian Williamson who made all-freshman team, a guy like an Isaiah Tisdale who's got some collegiate experience himself but is in his first year in the program. You're obviously in your second first being able to play after coming over from Appalachian State, but have you sensed yourself being a little bit of a teacher at some points and kind of taking them under your wing at all? How's that relationship? A uh, great relationship, obviously. Tisdale, uh, Isaiah, we call him Pun, but uh, that's my roommate. And we have a relationship off the court that just makes the on-the-court relationship so much better. Just the, the way we communicate and just the things that we do, uh, things that roommates do together. But um, I'm not I'm not always teaching them something. They're, they have uh, – I've been in the seat where they've taught me some things as well. And just kind of – we're all like – we like to pick each other's brains and just learn from one another because at the end of the day, we're a team. So it's not um, – obviously, we're trying to earn minutes. But then again, we have to realize that the coaches are going to play whoever they trust the most. And we just try to prepare and push each other every day in practice. But uh, with Pun being a, a JUCO All-American and Davian being on the all-freshman team, that we have a solid foundation in the backcourt. And obviously, with us being um, underclassmen somewhat – that that we can we can improve every single day and we know that the team relies on those two mostly and then me as a leader too so we just try to um just make each other stronger and just make each other mentally tougher each and every day you told me before we came on air that you just come from the chiropractor how is your health patrick good you said how's my health how's your health uh it's good i'm just trying to uh maintain one day at a time uh, the the college grind is, is is legit when you actually have to go through it and travel, and you have um, class, study hall, practice, getting up extra shots. You just have to you have to listen to your body. That's one thing I had to learn from uh, as I mature. Just listening to my body and getting the proper rest and treatment that I need. But um, my health will be it'll, it'll be ready to go three days and three nights if we can make it happen. Has your hip bugged you at all over the last month or so? It has just um, just as much wear and tear as I put on it. Just because, obviously, I use it in everything I do. If I'm on my feet, I'm using my hip. But it's just one of those things where where I haven't been injured before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've tweaked the ankle or so, but sure. it hasn't been uh, this complex. But I'm just trying to, like I said, listen to my body and and do what I can for my teammates because. I know with me being out there, whether I'm on the court or on the bench, that I could be a, a a voice and be vocal to – I mean, 
And this has really helped me mature in a sense and make me selfless to know that it's not all about me, that I can, whatever I have to give each and every day, I can do that despite my 100% health. It's more of a mental thing. So I just try to just bring it every single day that I can to just be vocal and just not take anything for granted because uh, in August or where we go through summer, I was 100%. And one random day, I mean. It was coming into the year, right? We knew that this was going to be an issue coming in. Correct, yes, sir. So it was just one of those things where it's just a, a, your life can change. So you can't really take anything for granted. You just have to take advantage of every day. You said it was just one random day. How did it come about? Was it just a random slip, or was it built up over a few little period of time? What did they say to you about how it happened? Well, in the um, when I went to the doctors and got checked out, they said maybe a little bit of wear and tear. Mm-hmm. But um, the incident happened when I slipped. It was, I want to say, August 30th when we came back. So we were doing individuals and stuff like that, and it was just humid in the gym. And I went to turn down a ball screen, and then – uh, there was sweat on the floor, incidental, obviously. Right. But um, I did an overextended lunge. It was just one of those things. I mean, I didn't really get treatment or anything afterwards. I finished the drill out and everything. And then uh, the next morning, <clears throat> just putting my socks on, getting into my car and everything like that just felt abnormal. So, I mean, we went to the – we let the week go by. And uh, then we started getting evaluated by doctors and stuff. And then they, that's when they diagnosed it for a, a torn labrum. So – Need surgery, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. So we'll uh, we'll get that checked out when the when the season ends, and just go from there, and just attack rehab, and just do everything that I can, and and be close to one hundred percent for next year. I admire you gotten it out because this is not a short period of time you had to do this. We're talking about an entire season, and to see what you've done already this year, I think should make ETSU fans even more exciting for when you do have that surgery, are back at one hundred percent, and don't have to fight through an injury like this for an extended period of time. Have you been able to talk with, or maybe it's even just incidental type stuff? You're talking in the locker room, or have seeked counsel from a guy like a Jerome Rodriguez or a Bo Hodges about how to deal with an injury mentally or physically. Or anything like that because there are guys on the team such as Bo and Jerome who have had to go through something like this before. Yes, sir. And just uh, obviously with Romy being out last year mm-hmm. and me sitting out for transfer purposes, but just seeing how energetic he was and just uh, just a great teammate that he was for all of us. I mean, um, he was on his feet every day. He was vocal. And obviously with him, he thought he was going to be playing and then the minor setback that he had. So it was just kind of one of those things where he leads by example. And then obviously with Bo having his um, his foot surgery at the be- uh, the beginning of the season, it's just one of those things. You have to, um, like I said, once again, trust your body and you got to uh, get as much treatment and rest as you can just because those things make you – they'll get your body back to normal if possible. So it was just one of those things where I had to – mature and just rest and just let things come to me instead of going out there and forcing things. I wonder how it affects your preparation and your play on the court and your ability to continue to go out there knowing that you do have so many guys that can pick you up. This team is so deep. I mean, we were talking about it um, in the office earlier with Kevin Brown about some of the similarities and differences and how the team closed the year from last season where it lost four or five in the regular season to this year where it won four or five and a lot of it was bench points and just being able to knock down more shots still having the legs at the end of the year um, and just scoring more I wonder with how you've had to deal with this injury when you see guys go out there and continue to produce outside of yourself and knowing that not everything is on your shoulders how encouraging that can be it is just because um, the relationship that I have with the coaches I'm I'm able to communicate with them and obviously if uh, Trey Boyd or Bo or Davian Pun. If they're playing well, I'll tell a coach, I'll say, keep them in. And whenever you need me to go back out there, I'll be ready to go. And it's just one of those things where I have to communicate. Obviously, if I'm playing well, then I can last a little bit longer. But if somebody else is playing well, then then you don't have to put me back in. I'll I'll be ready to go whenever my name's called. But if they're doing um, just as much as I am, then, then keep them in. And as long as we're – at the end of the day, as long as we're winning, that that's really all that matters. But, I mean um, – like I said, once again, just the relationship and the communication. That's uh, When you grow up, you have to really learn how to communicate with one another. And if I didn't communicate with them, then it would just be one of those things where I'd force it or not be as successful as I have been this year. So it's just one of those things where we kind of work together and just build the team dynamic up. 
Talking with ETSU guard Patrick Good. Last time he was on the show, we went through a number of names for a possible segment with him. Let's call it Good Times with Pat on this Friday afternoon on Sandos and the Sidekick. Let's look forward to now uh, Asheville and the SoCon Tournament. Just a number of hours away here. We're really coming down to it. I'm wondering your thoughts on beating a team three times in a year. Uh, ETSU has been the better team the last couple of years against Chattanooga. Pretty resoundingly, hasn't really been close, and earlier this year as well. We looked up some stats. The team that is attempting to beat the opponent a third time in a year out of three opportunities wins 70% of the time. To me, that seemed a little low because if you're beating a team twice already in a year, it seems like that third would perhaps be a bit of a foregone conclusion. It clearly st- it clearly indicates that you are the better team. It's not just a one-off win. You backed it up with a second, and then the third comes 70% of the time. What for you, when you think about beating a team three times, and it's become such a part of the conjecture and uh, the hyperbole in sports, oh, it's tough to beat a team three times. You hear that so often. What yes, makes sir. it that tough? Um, just, just to know that, obviously, the teams that have beaten us twice – just to know the chip on our shoulder that we have when we play them again, mm-hmm. or um, but obviously Chattanooga, though, with it being a rivalry, and then with it being the first round of the SoCon tournament, we know we're going to get their best shot. We can't really take anything for granted, and like you said, with the seventy percent, um, it's just one of those things that anybody can get beat. I mean, obviously um, they'll prepare for us, and we'll prepare for them, so it's just kind of a head-on collision so it's just whoever makes the least amount of mistakes and uh, whoever wants more usually goes out there and gets the victory but we don't really we're not really caught up in oh we beat them the last five times or how many ever Mm -hmm. it's been we just try to take it one game at a time and just make adjustments from game in and game out and just give them the best shot that we can I think it is I think that's exactly right three times last year and then two times this year five in a row bucks hope to make it six tomorrow in Asheville Let's look at the top three. I don't want to make you look ahead. I know it's one game at a time, but when you faced Furman, UNCG, and Wofford this year, what has made each difficult, and where do you think you can have success against each of the three? Um, I would say just preparation and adjustments and just being, just being able to uh, – we know what they're going to give us, and we know that who their players are. We know their plays, scout report, everything like that, and they know the same for us. So, like I said, whoever makes the least amount of mistakes, uh, we obviously have to defend the three-point line and we have to to knock down our free throws and we have to shoot a high percentage on offense. But um, at the end of the day, in these moments in the conference tournament, there's it's rare for it to be a blowout win. So we know that the the close games that we've been in all season that we'll be able to to hopefully close the games out and hopefully play on the uh, – on Monday night, but obviously we have to take it one game at a time. We can't really look ahead because if we end up getting beat by Chattanooga, then there is no Sunday night or uh, Monday night. So we just have to take it one game at a time. Saturday it'll be itself, Sunday it'll be itself, and Monday it'll be itself. But hopefully we can um, take care of business on Saturday at 2.30 and just, just go from there one game at a time. Talk about those free throws. Are the coaches putting you through free throw drills in practice? Is it something where you're all taking it upon yourselves to try and make sure that you're at your best going into the tournament? Obviously, it's been a bit of a struggle during the regular season. Uh, I've heard many stories about guys staying in the gym late, showing up early to try and knock down free throws and get that part of the game right. Is it kind of a holistic approach, coaches and players, knowing this has to get better? Yeah, I mean, obviously, percentage-wise, we haven't really shot it well from the free throw line in the regular season. Um Against Western Carolina, we shot 50%, and I think we were 18 for 36 or something crazy 16 like that. for 32, yeah. Yeah, 16 for 32. But it's just one of those things where it's a mental approach. I mean, obviously, you get to take your time. You have 10 seconds, and you're going to shoot your normal routine. You can't, you can't rush it, or you just have to shoot the normal shot that you shoot. But from the coach approach, I mean, coach puts us in uh, – situations and practice to get us mentally prepared for the games and then like you said yes guys have been coming in staying late and knocking extra free throws down just so when their name is called they'll be able to knock them down and hopefully lead us to a victory all right talk to me about the mind of patrick good here this has got to be exciting for you you had to sit last year during the socon tournament saw the team go on the run to the socon championship game to be on the court the road to the conference title and hopefully the conference title on monday night uh you got to be pretty excited i am um, just to be able to um, 
to grow up in this area and then to be able to to watch other player other great players ahead of me and stuff like that on ESPN and just see them um it's a dream come true. Obviously, everybody wants to make it to the NCAA tournament, but right. there's only one team from each conference that's guaranteed. And to know that that's our only way of getting to the NCAA tournament, we know that it's going to be difficult, and we know that um, none of us have been there except the coaching staff. So we have to really trust what they say and, and trust the situations that they put us through so we can get to that point and share that memory with them. So it's just one of those things where you – you shoot in the in the backyard or you go to the gym and just dream of the the these moments and just hitting the big side in the conference championship game or just under the big lights i i would guarantee or i would consider this a, a big light moment but it's just um you just have to prepare yourself and just give everything that you can and sometimes you come up short obviously you don't want to but you just have to go out there and give everything you have and then just be uh the best that you can be the next day win or lose Congratulations again, all-conference third team, Patrick Good, guard for ETSU men's basketball. Saturday, Chattanooga, 2.30, 2 o'clock pregame. U.S. Cellular Center holds 7,654. Want to see a pack for you on Saturday. Good luck. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Go Bucks. Patrick Good on Sandos and the sidekick. Coverage of tomorrow's game once again starts at 2. 2.30 is tip. Patrick Good and the Bucks taking on the mocks. Back with more on Sandos and the sidekick and the Buccaneer Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. The Firehouse Restaurant in downtown Johnson City has been a proud supporter of the Bucks since 1980. Our hickory smoked barbecues, sides, sauces, dressings, and desserts are all made from scratch because that's the way the locals like it. Our tailgate packs are available through Firehouse Catering for 12 or more, starting at just $8 per person. The packs are available all season on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. For more information, visit thefirehouse.com. Come see us before the big game. The Firehouse, 627 West Walnut Street between ETSU and downtown Johnson City. How many places do you ever go without your smartphone? My name is Wesley Fletcher with the First Bank and Trust Company. Now you can pay securely for your purchases with your smartphone too. Just add your check card to the wallet app on your phone to pay for all your purchases. So keep on moving, keep on traveling, and keep on shopping with the First Bank and Trust Company and Apple Pay and O, providing mobile solutions when you need them most. Your bank for life. Firstbank.com, member FDIC. Look, if you're like me, you got a lot to remember. Like, remember to pick up some refreshingly cold lemon-lime Mountain Dew ice. Sounds good, doesn't it? Well, here's my trick. If it's a nice day, I think nice rhymes with ice. And that reminds me, I better get some Mountain Dew ice. Or if someone asks me for the time, I think time rhymes with lime, like in lemon-lime. If I work at it, anything can remind me to get to the store and get myself some Mountain Dew ice. Mountain Dew ice. Remember to get some. Welcome back to Smooth 92.2. I'm Dr. Love, and I want to hear the secret to your romantic success. We've got Brian on the line. Brian Guy, what'd you do? Well, I wanted to spice things up, so I surprised my wife with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Oh, and did those work, Brian? You know they did, Dr. Love. It doesn't take a relationship expert to know you can't go wrong with February instant games. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. There is no way LeBron James leads Cleveland again. I agree with Jarvis Landry. I think the Browns are a Super Bowl contender this year. How in the world can you not see that Big Baller Brand is far superior to making the NBA than Puma? Now, rumors fly a lot. Jason Witten is not going to Monday Night Football. I mean, the Mike Ayers rumor that he's leaving, no way. I bet he's there until 2025. Terrell Owens has made a career off jawing, running his mouth. Will he be in Chattanooga for his Hall of Fame induction? No chance. He'll be in Canada. Bold predictions. 
All right, bold predictions, Southern Conference tournament style, and um, I've been awful. Not by a lot, but still awful, right? It doesn't matter. It's like the blue pit just won't get down. Garbage. That's what it is. I can't Dumpster get a Texas fire. leaguer to drop, and I'm going to go. 12 is 65. Wow. I'm going to go extremely bold with a parlay. What do you think of that? Okay. I'm going to parlay. This is all I'm going to take. So this is going to be worth either three points or zero, and both have to hit if people are unfamiliar with the parlay. Probably zero. Both number one seeds will not win the conference tournament. Boom. That's what I'm going with. Mercer and Wofford, neither will win the conference tournament. That's going to get me three points. Bingo. Which would still only get you within two of me. I'm 17 Doesn't matter. Once my, once my prediction hits an NCAA tournament and I get my bonus five points, boom. Mm, that would be a bonus Champion. five points. Champion. We have to uh, – yeah, we're going to have to revisit that at some point. Champion. Long-term predictions. Gosh, I'm looking back at them now. It's not good. Uh, okay, I've got three because I'm doing things the normal way. Yep. A women's seed in the bottom half of the conference, so five, six, seven, or eight, going to make the championship. Oh, I love yeah. that. That's a great call. Uh, I, I, very doable. I like that one. Uh, on the men's side, the ETSU Buccaneers shooting 80-plus percent at the line during the tournament. And that probably means very, very good things. 80-plus percent. Oh, I, Steve Forbes said yes, 70% yes. or more is his threshold you have to reach for it to be so, good enough. I'm saying 80. In nine games under Steve Forbes there, they're shooting 75%, which is pretty good. And you're giving an extra five. I like it. It might be tough to get to. I'm sticking with it, though. 80%. Okay. And someone on the men's side in the tournament to go just a broad, and it's easier to do a broad one with the men's because it hasn't started yet, where the women's obviously has. Someone's going to score 40-plus in a game. And that will also – Speaking of boosting up the national attention, really help the monster that is the Southern Conference this year get even bigger. Obviously, the four teams making the semifinals will help. We know there's some national media that's already coming down. I think it's easy to say it'll be Fletcher McGee. I'm not willing to say that it will be Fletcher well, McGee. I'm saying someone because this league has more than well, one score. Let's just think of it this way. Uh, McGee has a 30-point-plus. Hoover has 30-point-plus. Alonzo has... 30 point plus. Patrick Good has 35. Good has 35. Let's go. Uh, a couple Let's of different go. Citadel guys have scored 30. Blue I mean, Stallworth's capable. You could, you could certainly, I, I mean, 40 is a good number. I mean, that's a. It might be a bit ambitious, but that's what make, makes it bold, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there's just enough players out there that could, that could have a big enough day that it could get there. 40 plus. I like all three of you. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see how it goes. Historically, that at means least you'll the lose. last I like couple months. So yeah, there you go. At least the last couple down. months, it doesn't look very good for me. But still, 17 of 66, you're 12 of 65. All I want to do is beat you. I'm not competing against myself. Much like people say, you know, you're not really competing against the person across from you. You're competing against you. I'm competing against you for this, and I'm in good shape. Okay. Yeah. All right, you're kind of like Rocky. Uh, you, you see the guy in the mirror. That's who you're battling. And you're like, no. No, no. I'm not. No, no I'm, I'm totally, totally battling opponents. If anyone could confuse okay. me for you like a mirror, like me looking at you, as I don't think it would happen. So the person in the mirror in this sense is me, and I'm smiling back at myself because I feel so good <laughs> about my predictions. All right, well, Monday we're going to recap not just bold predictions, but Southern Conference Tournament and hopefully giving you a Southern Conference Men's Tournament Final. We'll be talking Southern Conference Men's Tournament Final either way. Sanderson sidekick next week. Bucket here. Of course, that works. See ya.